and health emergency. Board members are participating in this meeting remotely via video conference, and they are participating in the same extent as if they were physically present. Public comment will be available for each item on the agenda. For members of the public who wish to make public comment, the phone number to use is 415-655-0001. The access code is 146-425-3859. Then press pound and press pound again. When your item of interest is called, dial star three to be added to the queue to speak. Please wait until the system indicates you have been unmuted and you may begin your comments. You may address the board once per agenda item for up to two minutes. Item number one, call to order. Director Richardson. I'm here. Director Sen. Director Sen. Oh, you were muted, I just unmuted you. Oh, yes, here. And Director Prochnik. Here. Thank you. We do have a quorum. Okay. Uh, thank you, uh, Commissioner Shen and Prosnick and Director Babak and Kate. And I'd like to uh, welcome everyone uh, joining us uh, very early this morning. Uh, great day, and we appreciate your presence. Uh, okay, let's move on with the agenda. Item number two, general public comment. This item is to allow members of the public to address the Infrastructure and Transportation Committee on matters that are within the subject matter of the committee and do not appear on today's agenda. In addition to general public comment, public comment will be held during each item on the agenda. I'm are there any of the public comments? There are not. Okay, next thing, please. Item number three, consent agenda, approving the minutes of the May 18th, 2020 meeting. Okay, Commissioner, can I have a motion? I move approval. Okay, uh, second. Okay, I'll take a call vote. Director Richardson? Uh, aye. Director Sen? Aye. And Director Prochnik? Aye. There are three ayes. Okay, next is the agenda, please. Item number four, update from Treasure Island Mobility Management Agency on Treasure Island Multi-Operator Transit Pass Study. Uh, hello, everyone. Um, this is Priyoti Ahmed. I am just going to share my screen real quick. Uh, let's see. Are you all able to see my screen? Yes. Okay, great. Um, so, uh, hi everyone. I'm Priya Diamid. I'm a senior transportation planner with San Francisco County Transportation Authority. And today I'm here to provide an update about the Treasure Island Multi-Operator Transit Pass. Um, today's agenda will include um, the overview of the transit pass, which describe our recommendation, um, a proposed transit pass price that staff developed for analysis, and I will walk through the schedule and next steps regarding this project. Um, so as many of you are, um, you know that the Trisha Island Transportation Implementation Plan, which was adopted in 2011, provided a comprehensive multimodal program to minimize traffic to the Bay Bridge and improve alternative means of mobility. Um, this plan called for uh, regional transit services, including Treasure Island Ferry, um, East Bay, and uh, expanded Muni services. 
this plan also identified residents of market rate housing will receive a transit pass through their HOA dues. And um, to kind of give the purpose of this pass was to make sure that when Treasure Island, um, when the TIMA program is um, launched, there will be three new transit services um, on the island. There will be existing Muni service, a new East Bay bus service, as well as um, East Bay bus service, ferry service, and an on-island um, shuttle service. With multiple modes and operators, there will be different fares and retail pass options. To support overall program goals and to make transit easy and seamless, we designed this transit pass program that will incentivize users to take transit to get to their destination. Um, so first to go through um, the user groups, um, TITIP had identified two user groups for this prepaid pass program. Um, the first group is the market rate household uh, who will receive one pass per household for their HOA due. And then the second pass group was the hotel visitors who would receive one pass per hotel room. Through this study, we included these two groups and we expanded to two new groups, which is the market rate and existing resident, existing households and Treasure Island workers. We included these two new groups to make sure that transit pass is accessible to everyone on the island and transit is easy and seamless for everyone to use. Uh, first, as we launched this study, we did a case study that looked at um, institutional as well as retail pass. Institutional passes where it will be only be for that group or um, certain number of people where the retail is for anybody that is that wants to purchase. So the first three are the institutional pass. Um, so the Gator Pass, this is available to San Francisco State University students. Um, they receive this pass as part of their tuition and this pass allows them to use Muni as well as discounted transfer on Daily City BART station. Uh, and this is a monthly pass product. Um, the second one is Park Merced Housing Car-Free Living, um, where residents can opt in to receive $100 cash value for their uh, transportation usage. And they can use this transportation credit on Clipper card to use transit or Uber or um, rent a car through Zipcar. Um, the second, the third one is the AC Transit Easy Pass. This is discounted AC Transit Pass for enrolled employers, universities, and housing developments. These pass costs are determined by number of passes bought and transit accessibility. And the last two passes are the retail pass products, where um, one is the AC Transit Transbay Pass. Pass that provides uh, um, access from uh, East Bay to San Francisco, and then Muni MNA Pass, which provides access on all Muni services as well as a as well as BART service for the Muni A Pass. So, from all these case studies, we learned that transit pass should make uh, transit using very easy and seamless, and it also has to be affordable for people to use. So based on these lessons learning, we have um, developed five goals for this uh, project. 
uh, for this study. First one is to provide maximum transit coverage to really make sure that the travelers that are living and working on the island have a product they can use to travel and use transit. Make transit affordable for BMR residents and workers by offering discount on transit pass. Enhance customer service by simplifying fares for a different operator. Design a product that will be available for transit uh, for Treasure Island transit users uh, with program launch, including toll, new and new uh, transit services. And the last one is to financial sustainability that will ensure that we are designing a product that is able to cover its ongoing operating and administration cost. Uh, we have started this study um, back in 2017. So for various, for many years, we have done public outreach on island. We have presented at various groups, including Treasure Island open houses. Uh, we have tabled at food pantries. Um, we presented at TIDAB and TEMA meetings, as well as uh, for the residents and business focus groups. So um, our final recommendation for the pass is that this pass to be um, uh, this pass to be available on Clipper Card, which is the fair media for the Bay Area, and this pass will be um, and through this pass, folks will be able to take unlimited trips on and off Treasure Island to either to San Francisco or East Bay, meaning that this pass will encompass all Muni routes all AC Transit local routes and the ferry route that will connect um, Treasure Island to downtown San Francisco. And this will be an institutional product, meaning that it will only be available to Treasure Island residents, workers, and hotel visitor. Um, the user group for this pass, as I mentioned, it will be mandatory for market rate resident as they will receive one pass per um, their household through their HOA. And for the other two groups, for below market rate residents and for Treasure Island workers, this will be an optional um, product. A little bit more on the affordable pass, uh, which will be offered to below market rate household. We studied a 50% uh, discount on the pass to understand the financial viability, uh, but that would be uh, adopted as part of the overall TIMA affordability program. Um, and the distribution of this pass would be same as the market rate household where we will work with a housing manager to ensure that um, eligible folks are able to get this pass and then coordinate with them to update that uh, list. So another version of this pass is for hotel visitor. Um, so the pass that is for the residents will be a monthly product where somebody would pay an upfront payment to receive this monthly product to um, use transit. For hotel visitors, since it is um, a different travel behavior, this will be um, on Clipper card, but this will be a transportation credit on Clipper card so they can use to travel from SFO to Treasure Island and then anywhere in the Bay Area using transit. Um, so this will uh, be per day pass and um, number of days a visitor stay, that's how many number of passes they get through their number of credit they get through their Clipper card. 
For the proposed past cost, so we um, haven't uh, recommended any past cost yet. Um, we are studying past cost between 125 to 150 for a monthly. This would be for the market rate residents. For affordable pass, as I said, we did a 50% discount study, but the final discounted rate will still need to be adopted. Um, and this price, proposed price, is based on a um, couple of items. One is uh, what are the retail products are um, available out there. We studied Muni Transbay Pass as well as Muni, sorry, AC Transit Transbay Pass as well as Muni Monthly Passes. Um, this also has to be a financially feasible program. Um, so we also looked at what would be the admin and operating cost to make sure the cost, the past cost is able to cover that. And then the final pass price to be adopted after the AC Transit and Treasure Island Ferry Fair is adopted. So we know that what is the one-way fare and then what makes sense for a monthly pass fare. Um, in a discussion of how this pass price will increase over time, uh, we are still working through those principles. Um, the two emerging principles are, one is the inflation rate, pass price to be um, adjusted based on um, uh, annual inflation uh, index, and then the uh, added transit services and amenities. So pass price to be adjusted if there are other transit routes or other transit amenities that complement um, Treasure Island travel. To give a past price schedule, um, we, um, as part of Tim Atoll program to be adopted later this year, we are working with SF Muni to reach a, a revenue sharing agreement this year. Uh, we will also be seeking adoption for East Bay and Ferry Fair uh, from East Forum AC Transit Board and WIDA Board because those are the entities that will uh, adopt this fair. And then we'll be back to adopt the uh, adopt the transit pass uh, actual price. Currently, it's a proposed. Uh, we are working with MTC to make sure that this pass is uh, this pass is in their Clipper program. And uh, later next year or year after that in 23, we will be um, doing the management plan as well as the launch plan um, to test out the product. So with that, I conclude my presentation. Okay. So happy to take any questions. Yes, please. Um, thank you very much, uh, Priori, uh, for your update. And this is your first time uh, making a presentation before the uh, Treasure Island um, ITC. And so I know we have a couple of questions. This is an important um, item on the agenda. And so we've been waiting for this for quite some time now. And before I open uh, for further uh, comments and, and questions, I, again, I want to note that we do appreciate um, SFCTA uh, stellar outreach on this particular matter. And you know, you've demonstrated that. And, and the reason I highlight that is that toward the end of the uh, this things, uh, you know, this process uh, was started a long time ago. And I know, know that we are ending by the end of this year. According to your presentation, we should know at least uh, concretely where we're going. And so by that time, I hope that um, residents on Treasure Island 
would uh, be fully apprised of what's going on uh, here. Uh, for me, and the, the question has to do with um, the cost, everything, the goals and objectives well laid out. I think we again need to understand more how this uh, has is going to be subsidized and again tied to the uh, timeline. And so I'm going to come back to that, uh, but I'm going to open up here. I think um, Commissioner Patient a question and then we'll just uh, continue with, uh, this dialogue. Again, thank you for your presentation. Commissioner Shen, please, uh, questions, comments. Hello, thank you for that report. Um, I don't have many questions. Um, you have presented uh, this program before and it's good to see that it's evolving. And I note that you've done quite a bit of public outreach, which is always important. Um, it, transit, public transit is so important for Treasure Island because we are an island in the middle of the bay connected by the two bridges. And so getting on and off the island is such an important thing. Um, and, and to get people out of their cars so that they use public transit um, options is also so important to relieve congestions on the bridges that connect us to the rest of uh, the bay. Um, so, so this feature of how we use public transit, what is it going to cost, is so important to the viability of the island going forward. Um, I, I, um, I note that um, for the below market um, rent households, basically those households who are very low and low income, um, you're considering what that past cost would be. Um, can you tell me how much, uh, what, what, how, you've done some studies, um, what further analysis do you have to do in order to come up with what the pricing will be for a transit pass? Um, I'm sure that it is something which is of concern to the people who are on the island, particularly ones who are of lower income. Um, but uh, when will you get to that answer as to what the pass will cost and what type of analysis will you be doing? Yeah, great question. So um, the below market rate transit path costs are tied to a couple of items, which is one is the overall TIMA affordability program that uh, my, my boss, Rachel Hyatt, is leading um, that looks at the residence discount and, um, you know, further other, other options for different user groups. So how does this fit into the overall Treasure Island affordability program? And um, that is scheduled to happen later this year. So this pass, um, that percentage would be uh, part of that overall affordability program. We just thought it kind of fits better there um, to complement one another uh, in terms of total exemptions with transit subsidy. So that is, um, you know, to be adopted. Um, the other part of exact cost would be determined when the past price cost will be adopted, which is early next year. And that is really depending on the fares. We haven't had you know, there will be new two new fares, one for East Bay, one for Ferry, 
that doesn't exist today. And we don't want to propose a transit pass price and then have a fare to be too high or too low. We want to make sure the final pass price is complementing and does make sense um, what the one-way fare would be. So once those fares are adopted, we'll come back with the final pass price. And that's when you can, you know, sub, you can see, okay, it's a 50% discount or 80% discount. So what that cost would be. Mm -hmm. Okay, thank you. And, and I know that there is a very much a balancing act that is required. Right. Because we've got, you know, very expensive new transit um, connections. Uh, the ferry, the ferry terminals, the ferries themselves are very expensive um, to, to operate and to um, procure. Um, and also the on-transit shuttle. Um, so th these are expensive items, and yet, you know, we are trying to make the um, price of the um, passes be affordable to people who live on the island who need that additional support. Um, so it obviously has to be subsidized. Are you looking at the what that cost, overall cost of subsidy will be? Do, do you have any numbers that you're working on? in terms of an annual cost or over a period of time? Um, so we have done analysis with the 50% discount, what that cost would be. And I'm, I, I don't have it available, readily available currently, but that would be part of the TIMA overall affordability program. So I can work with, um, you know, Bob to get that information or, you know, when Rachel comes later this year, she will be presenting that same information. But yes, our analysis assumption was a 50% discount and what that cost would be in terms of subsidizing. Mm -hmm. And and I um, think that one thing that we have to keep in mind is also the financial sustainability of any subsidy, um, because we cannot mm -hmm. start a, um, a subsidy which um, will expire in a few years. Mm -hmm. It is something that we have to make sure that it is um, it is it is sustainable over time because the residents who choose to live there, both the market rate and the um, lower income residents, um, have to have that assurance going forward. Um, okay. No, so those were were the major issues that I had and questions. Well, that I, thank you, Linda. Thank, thank you, Commissioner. Thank you. And uh, Commissioner Pochnik, uh, do you have any? Uh, comment or question? I do. Thank you so much. And thank you so much for, can you hear me okay? Because I'm still in the car. <laughs> Speaking of transit. Um, thank you so much, Gertie, for your great presentation. Really appreciate it. And all the work that you did for, you know, the case studies. It was great to hear what's going on around the Bay Area and to kind of see how we're plugging and playing with each one. So thank you for that. It's good to see you again, too. And, um, and I have a couple questions. I, I just want to echo what, um, Commissioner Sen just said about equity and making sure we had the financial stability. I'd love to, you know, see some of the metrics before that and see if there are, you know, if there are, you mentioned the hotels, is there a hotel tax that's helping cover this? Is there, you know, some other thing that we could see that's very Bay area wide through a grant program or something that we could look into. And then when you mentioned hotels, is it hotels Bay area wide or is it hotels on treasure Island that you're speaking about for the just the treasure Island one? Okay, and so I, I'm thrilled to see the Clipper card. It's less plastic and it's 
keeping everything more um, continuous, but will it be programmed differently so that if by chance, like we were on Treasure Island and we lost our Clipper card, we can't just go get a new one. It's gotta be programmed specifically for Treasure Island. So if you are a visitor and Clipper is definitely um, heading that way where they will have a mobile app. So when you book the hotel room, you'll get a code or something to say that, okay, now you have this $10, $15 to spend on transit with each night of hotel room. And you'll have it through your mobile application or through a special Clipper card that the hotel can provide. For residents, it will be in specific the Clipper card will look the same, but the number of serial numbers and the back office will be like, okay, these are the residents of Treasure Island. They get to ride Muni AC Transit ferry for free because they already paid beginning of the month. So now if you lose it, you will have to contact us or Clipper to kind of make sure those rides get reimbursed and there is a process in place. Um, but yeah, the, their, the Clipper card will look the same, but it will have that special special uh, tag number to know that you're the residents or you are below market rate residents. Thank you for that. And I, and also when you're talking about equity and, and just making sure we're maintaining the balance, if there's a way to also give like carbon credits or just offsets to the residents on Treasure Island, just because they, they are already giving a lot and contributing. And also in some ways, some perspectives might say giving up. So do they get a credit because they are contributing more somehow to our um, SF and Bay Area climate goals? Uh, that's something we um, haven't really, I think that's a really cool idea. It's something that we haven't really thought about as part of this program, but I, I think that in terms of, you know, there's going to be a transportation management greater program that this will fit into that I think will be a really good complement and really good feature to have thinking about like how does carbon credit be an incentive to folks, people take more transit. Thank you. And just on that last point with the environmental components, um, if they're, I'm just, I'm trying to think of the buses and the ferries, we talked about them being electric and just how to, how to coordinate the savings there. And maybe that could also help ensure the subsidy program or just ensure the cost and equity. So just being again, creative on the, the new financing mechanisms that are coming towards us for all the green banking and, and so forth. So, and the infrastructure. Thank you again so much. I, I'm Great. really excited about it. Thank you very much, uh, Commissioner Pochnik. And let me go back now to some, some of the questions and Commissioner Christian highlighted um, some of the cost you know, factor. And, and, and I think it's also important that we need to also state that the city and county of San Francisco, I know I have attended several meetings beside Treasure Island. It's also uh, right now uh, refiguring uh, transportation within San Francisco. Uh, some parts of San Francisco are going to be subjected to toll. It's not just Treasure Island, um, it's global. And so wherever, uh, benefits uh, for San Francisco on the mainland, and it will be applicable to Treasure Island as well. I think it's very important that we start to connect what's going on in uh, Treasure Island with um, the city and county of San Francisco. That discussion uh, has started and it's going on. The question also I have for you, Priority, is has to, in setting up the cost, the final, 
what the path is going to be, whether for the affordable DBMR, whatever category, we have all these agencies that we have to uh, take into consideration, AC Transit, then we have SFMTA, we have Weeder, and we have MTC. And you also mentioned that everything is going to be tied to the inflation. So forward uh, looking, are we implying here that we're going to have to go to the dance every year? Because you said, that, let's say we complete this process at the end of the year, we come up with the price, um, and then the inflation down there, people need to understand because I know that we don't want to be going through this ping pong thing every year. And so a user that is writing now, they had, you know, plan ahead businesses and everything like that. I think we also need to have an understanding of what this is going to be. That's number one. Number two, again, the subsidy. Yeah, all transportation at some point has to be subsidized. Uh, we know that um, Amtrak and Catrain, all of them are. And now I'm thinking here it, it, at San Francisco is looking at maybe bond measures later on. Someone, it has to be paid, it's not free. These things are not free. And so we need yeah. to understand that. And so what does that fee structure look like, you know, later on? This is the time right now to be, since we are involved in the uh, discussion to all the stakeholders, but the supervisors of whatever, tenants and businesses, to be able to let them know what we are talking about, what this is gonna look like two, three or four, five years from now. I think we all need to be uh, on the same page on that. And it should be part of the discussion so that when we finally agree on something, everybody understand what's gonna happen in year two, three, four, or five, and what the conditions are going to be. And then lastly, the administration of the past, because one of your goals is to make this a uh, very, you know, seamless uh, type of experience for the users, because our users by profile demographics, we have seniors, you know, we have dis disabled people, and they are going to be going from Treasure Island, and they have to connect with all, whether they're going east or west. We have to make sure, to me, that, you know, in addition to the cost, it's extremely very uh, important because Treasure Island is in this unique place. So if you could just incorporate those questions, uh, you know, into your answers, I really do appreciate it. Yes, thank, thank you for this question. So um, the first one is the setting up cost. So yes, the transit agencies, which is WIDA and AC Transit um, uh, and SFMIMI already has a fare for the TI route, but the, those, the new two routes will need to be adopted by the transit agencies. But the past price cost, um, you know, this institutional past price cost, that is under Tema's, um, that is under Tema's discretion. So our board, uh, which is also the board of supervisors, will adopt that past price. So when I talk about the inflation rate, um, that would be applied to the past price, not to the fare. And how will that work? I, I don't imagine that being working every year. I think we will monitor the inflation rate till we hit like a dollar or a couple of dollars and 
come to our board for an adoption. Um, so those policies and those, uh, so that's still in the proposal phase. So those policies will still need to get ironed out in next couple of months. Uh, but the fair will need to be adopted by the entities. And you're absolutely right. You know, we don't want to be coming up with the policy where we need to keep going back and forth between the transit agencies because they can take um, a long time. So the past price will be uh, adopted by our board and the inflation rate, we will be kind of monitoring to see when it's inappropriate for an adoption. Um, and then in terms of the subsidy measure, we are very aware of these, you know, the cost of the transit that is, um, you know, that is new, that is high. And, um, you know, my agency have been uh, working, understanding what are the funding streams available in terms of subsidizing those costs. And this, the past cost subsidy is part of that conversation that has been ongoing. Um, you know, um, I can come back with my, with my boss who actually leads that funding strategy with Tilly Chang, our executive director, and provide more information on that. But we are we are actively very much working on to solving um, those um, gaps. And then the admin and usage, um, that that is um i've been working on this project for a um, couple of years and i feel that the the benefit and the advantage of this product is that it really does simplify that customer experience where you are not calculating one way fare difference between an ac transit or muni or ferry you have a product that you paid and now you're able to use any of these modes um, so we have really designed this to make transit attractive, to take that cost from a customer perspective, cost uh, part of that decision. So now they have a product, they can use it. Um, and, uh, you know, uh, going forward, any obstacles of either um, being ineligible for that pass, being able to enroll and being able to distribute, we are really leading from that customer perspective to make sure that it's easy to get this product as well as to use it. So um, that's definitely it kind of the start of this, uh, you know, study to make sure that we are really designing for the travelers of Treasure Island. Thank you very much. And um, that, that absolutely uh, the discussion of region wide snail to streamline um, user experience. And so let's note for the record here that what we are doing here at Treasure Island is going to be central to that kind of discussion. If we pull this up, it will make all these agencies that are talking right now. So Treasure Island, to me, the way that I look at it, it's just a pilot in that uh, broader discussion for once in a lifetime to integrate um, all the customer experiences uh, in, in San Francisco. So thank you so much, uh, commissioners. If there are other questions from you, and then I would like to call for uh, public comments on this item. Okay, no further, do we have any, Kate? Do we have any public comment on this item? There is no public comment. Okay, thank you again, uh, Priority, please. Uh, we would like to have you back, definitely, to further the discussion. Thank you. Thank you so much for having me. Thank you. Item number five, interim utility improvements. I'm bringing in my presentation.
So folks are seeing my slides? Yes. Okay. Thank you, uh, directors. Um, I wanted to bring you this item as an informational item in advance of a potential future action item by the full board, full title board. Um, the, um, as, as TICD constructs new uh, infrastructure on the island, uh, they will offer the, those public improvements to the city uh, for acceptance. Uh, the process of acceptance transfers ownership of the public facilities uh, to the appropriate city agency for responsible for the for that type of infrastructure. So for instance, um, when we accept one of the early acceptances will be for the improvements on McCalla Road. So when McCalla Road is accepted, uh, the, the roadway surface improvements will be transferred to public works. The traffic signal improvements will be transferred to MTA and the utilities that underlie the roadway will be transferred to the PUC. So each element of that roadway will be accepted by uh, an appropriate city agency. Um, the, the parks on Treasure Island, as you know, are are going to be tight of facilities. So as the parks are completed, they will be offered to uh, go through the acceptance process and TIDA will take ownership of them. Uh, similarly, the, the ferry facilities, which will be another early improvement um, when accepted uh, will, will uh, be owned by TIDA. Um, the uh, packages for um, acceptance of infrastructure are prepared by public works and go to the board of supervisors for um, uh, approval. Uh, TICD will also be entering into license agreements with the PUC uh, for the operation of some utility infrastructure when it is necessary for that uh, infrastructure to be uh, utilized before officially accepted by the Board of Supervisors. An example here would be the, the new water storage reservoirs uh, being constructed on um, Yerba Buena Island. Those, they're, they're actually, the construction is complete and they've been going through um, pressure testing um, and commissioning and uh, uh, will later be offered um, to uh, the city for acceptance. Uh, but as soon as they're ready to be put into service, um, we'll want to switch our water supply to those new tanks, uh, which will allow us to begin the process of, I or allow the developer to begin the process of isolating and demolishing the, the old water storage reservoirs, which will ultimately become part of Hilltop Park. Um, <clears throat> Additional background, uh, as you know, the, the existing utilities on TI and YBI are operated by TIDA um, and they're owned by TIDA where uh, on the lands that have been transferred to us and continue to be owned by Navy on, on land that are, have yet to be transferred. But, but TIDA operates through the caretaker agreement, all of the utility systems and then we have uh, an operating MOU with, with PUC to provide us with, with support. Um, as, as we have uh, moved forward with the development, uh, 
TICD has, has routinely modified uh, the existing utility lines to isolate uh, portions of the system that so that they can be uh, removed uh, when they're when they're scheduled to be demolished for uh, to, to make way for development. Um, because uh, you know the development is is beginning on Yerba Buena Island in the southwest corner of Treasure Island, uh, there are significant interim utility connections required between uh, new permanent utility infrastructure and uh, existing infrastructure like the wastewater treatment plant and the uh, electrical feed from the East Bay. Um, the, the PUC will, will only accept uh, permanent utility infrastructure for ownership. And so we've proposed to uh, accept these interim lines. Um, they are in large way, large part, uh, you know, reroutes of existing or alternative routes for existing utility infrastructure. So proposing to accept uh, those into the, the legacy systems that TIDA owns uh, until they can be replaced by, by new permanent utility infrastructure. And working with the um, board, the, the city attorney's office, those interim utility acceptances can be approved by the TIDA board. So the the primary two two primary um, things that we're talking about are uh, shown in red here: um, interim uh, overhead electrical lines uh, connecting the the feed from Oakland to the new switchyard and coming out of this new switchyard and uh, connecting down um, 9th Street to the new development at the southeast corner and uh, uh, another interim leg going up the causeway uh, to connect to Yerba Buena Island um, until the permanent connection from here at the end of Avenue C uh, can be made up and across the causeway. Uh, the the switchyard itself would not be uh, accepted by TIDA. This is new construction and will be a permanent facility. Uh, and much of the installation there was actually performed by the PUC. So the new switchyard will be dedicated uh, as permanent infrastructure and accepted by the PUC. But uh, eventually this line uh, connecting the, the Oakland feed to the switchyard is all intended to be undergrounded, um, as are all of the utilities on Treasure Island. So when that connection would be made, then this interim line would would go away. On the on the sanitary sewer, um, there's new infrastructure being built on, of course, Yerba Buena Island and Treasure Island, um, including a new pump station here on Fourth Street. Um, that feeds into um, uh, force main, but until the permanent force main can be constructed again out along portal passage to the um, um, the new wastewater treatment plant site, uh, an interim force main will be necessary. So this line again has been installed um, connecting out to the existing treatment plant. And um, there are a number of uh, pump stations in the stage two area, including uh, one on Chobcork property, 
um, one here adjacent to hangar three and the sewage lines from uh, the sewage feed from the Coast Guard facility, which comes underneath Clipper Cove, uh, that would all be connected into this interim uh, force main. So this, this line serves both uh, existing uh, sewage flows and the new sewage flows until a, a permanent force main can be constructed at the treatment plant. So the, the proposal is uh, again to accept this, this temporary force main and these temporary overhead lines into our infrastructure uh, system. Um, as I mentioned, the, the, the construction of the new temporary force main uh, or interim force main has been completed uh, as have the, the overhead lines uh, connecting the submarine cable to the new switchyard and the new trunk line along 9th Street. Um, Public Works is reviewing documentation of construction and SFPUC is expecting to the utilities to verify uh, that they're ready to be put into service. The, the new lines uh, connecting the submarine cable uh, to, the, to the switchyard have in fact already been energized. And uh, upon Public Works and SFPUC sign off, uh, Proposed to bring a, a resolution of acceptance to the um, the title board for uh, consideration. So that's uh, the background on it, and I wanted to um, see if uh, board members had any questions or feedback. Yes, thank you so much, Director Beck, and um, this is great. I would like to make a suggestion. I think um, the information you gave as a framework extremely uh, great and important. I would like to suggest a graphic uh, form where we can delineate what the relationship CITD, TITER, SFPUC, and in that document, in the graphic, it would actually uh, delineate the roles and responsibilities. For instance, you mentioned that TIDA will be responsible for parks, uh, ferry, and the type of facilities and infrastructure, and that there it will be everyone because I think the, those kind of relationship are extremely very important. There are questions to that because what does it mean, for instance, for Tiger to be responsible for the parks and all this infrastructure that you mentioned, and some that you will be adding on later on. Uh, you know, according to this document, a slew of questions uh, will center around each other responsibility. And also, you mentioned that SFPUC will only accept for uh, infrastructure, and, and, and I can really see that. For the interim, what does that mean? That also needs to be translated into the roles and responsibilities of TIDA, to we know. And uh, lastly, uh, the cost you know, factor there. And we are also, uh, timeline, uh, already have some challenges with our uh, electrical, you know, utilities or whatever that we are, we know at the end of this infrastructure, a lot of this problem will go away. Uh, however, what are the backups and all of that? We're going to talk about that. So those are the questions I have up front, and I'm going to uh, open that to uh, commissioners out here. I see Commissioner, where's Commissioner Shen here? I can see her. Oh. Yes. Okay. Go, go ahead, please, with your question, and then, uh, Commissioner Pochnik. 
Right. Um, may I start, Linda? Yes. Yes. yes Thank you. Um, I I think that uh, Linda is correct in just being more clear as to what our responsibilities are when we accept the interim, um, both electrical system and the sanitary um, system. Uh, what does that mean if there is a a um, break or failure? Is that Tida's responsibility to um, to correct and to improve? Uh, and 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 the more important question, perhaps, is how long is this interim? What are we talking about uh, in terms of time before it actually gets permanently uh, accepted? by the PUC. So um, it's a question of timing. Is this an interim for some years um, or is it something which is, we're expecting to be handed over to the PUC um, when, when the construction is, uh, when the developments are done? Yeah, thank you. Um, so it is a, it is a matter of years um, as, as development progresses, um, for instance, with the, the, the interim force main, as the stage two area is built out, uh, the length of the interim force main will be decreased because um, this portion of the system will then become new and there will be a new permanent force main constructed along California that will then connect to this interim force main alignment. Um, and, and then the interim force main would just be from, from here on over um and so the the intention is as as development progresses the the uh, amount of interim facility uh de decreases um but uh if you think of our our um uh our permanent uh land use plan it's when the portal passage roadway gets constructed out here um, past the switchyard and the treatment plant, the permanent facilities will be in that portal passage. And so when it's when portal passage roadway is constructed, that's when all of these improvements will no longer be necessary. Um, so that but that is um, uh, you know stage two or stage three of the overall development. So there is a period of years that these interim facilities will be in service. Um, in terms of, of uh, the, the physical operation and maintenance, um, these will, will continue to be physically uh, operated by uh, the PUC. Um, and um, for instance, and they'll respond uh, to any, um, um, you, know, you know, calls for, for outages or uh, line breaks or anything like that. They will they will respond to that. Uh, the PU the TICD will have continue to have some of the, uh, carry some of the financial responsibility. For instance, um, with the the this interim force main will uh, require periodic flushing um, as as a routine maintenance uh, practice. Um, we're still in conversations with um, uh, there are ongoing conversations between the PUC and TICD 
um, whether or not TICD would have a contractor uh, that would come in and, and perform some of these peri routine periodic uh, services or whether uh, they would be performed by PUC and reimbursed by TICD. Um, so those, those conversations are ongoing. Um, but in terms of uh, any uh, emergency response to services, that would be managed by the PUC because we don't want to have a period of, um, if you will, indecision while we determine whether or not uh, a failure was in an interim line or permanent line, you know, so uh, all of all emergency responses will be seamless and led by PUC. Uh, thank you. I may have some other questions, but um, uh, go ahead. Okay. Thank you, Commissioner Shen. Uh, Commissioner Pajnik, uh, question please on this side. Thank you, Director Richardson. I do. I, I thank you, Bob, very much. I've been looking forward to this presentation. I, um, I have a few questions. I want to echo support for what um, both directors have said about a table or a visual that shows who's responsible for what, for what the role's responsibilities are for the transition and the accountability. I think that's really important, um, especially because there have been so many things that have occurred recently. People will want to have a clear identification of roles, responsibilities. And as well, I'm happy to hear that we're starting to have these conversations to help kind of helping the transition move forward. But I'd also like to see in that table and written out what are the mitigation measures and protections for the existing infrastructure businesses and residents, because I, I feel like this is all for the future and nothing is for the now. And I, I think we need to bridge that in a much stronger way. And so I'd like to see some more action items for how we are going to mitigate the continuous blackouts that happened like the one yesterday where again it was a palm frond but this still caused you know a couple hours of disturbance to businesses and residents for the as you mentioned your offices too so i would like to see a plan for the mitigation aspects because it's we're in transition this is going to continue to happen because of the construction development so i think we need a better plan of action and, and whether it's tied or as a puc or you know who's responsible for these different aspects is really important to know and we need some actions to start implementing now because as you mentioned Oh. Let me work on this. Thank you, Commissioner. Uh, I have one more thing. Sorry. Oh, sure. Sorry. Go ahead. Um, because of the sanitation aspects too, I'm looking at the map. And again, I want to kind of have some clear understanding of this looks again all the future. And as we've heard on previous board calls, there's been some sewer issues and, and um the problems and the with the residence area where sewage has come up out of the ground and, and kind of leaked everywhere. I see those two red arrows to the left. What's what does that mean? Is that for future or like how, how are we going to help address the ongoing sewer problems? Um, we have a number of projects that we're engaged with the PUC on um, uh, to um, rehab and um, uh, extend the life of of some of the sewage pump stations primarily in the residential area. Uh, again, with the course of development, it, these, are the, these are the existing pumps, sewage pump stations that will remain in service the longest. And we have um, several projects 
where we're either replacing pumps, replacing controls, or in a couple of places, um, uh, rehabbing pump stations in, in their entirety. Um, and that that's something that we've been doing with the PUC through what we call our R&R pro, uh, program with the wastewater program, R&R uh, being repair and re rehab. Okay. Maybe that can be added to the table too, just so that everyone sees there's a lot of work going on in coordination, but we, it would just be better to have it all written out so it's more transparent and the accountability is identified. Okay. Thank you, Commissioner Pershnik. Um, questions? Uh, yes. Thank you that, um, you know, from our both commissioners, that's why I suggested the graphic because that's going to open up a wider you know, discussions on where we are and what's going on. And I want to piggyback on the existing um, conditions, again, which is very important because uh, Director Beck, you mentioned that the interim the, the timeline can take years now. So what's going to happen is, is that we have two conditions to meet. We have the existing condition at the same time along the graph of having to deal with the interim. Okay, so and knowing again a relationship and what SFPUC is going to be committed to and the timeline for the replacement of those key infrastructure that we can take from the interim. All of that is going to be uh, indicative of the graph that you know I'm you know I'm asking for, so it will help us more. But this is a stat. Uh, what you have uh, framework you have outlined is great. It's just uh, building, um, you know, on that, and it will be very helpful. Uh, Commissioner Shen, uh, you know, do you have any further questions on this? And no, I call um, for, maybe uh, um, for future items. I I would like to have a status report on the new wastewaters and sewage treatment plant. I know that the PUC was. Um, going to design that and I'm I think that either on this committee or for the full board we need to have a report on what the status is of that you know it's designed um you know who who are they are they incorporating some of the green features that had been discussed previously but if we could have a report on its status that would be very helpful yeah. Um, yes, just just briefly, uh, right now the, the PUC is hoping to advertise for construction of the new treatment plant next month. Um, and for the sustainability committee, I was, um, right now what I'm planning for, unless plans change, uh, is to invite the PUC to present on the treatment plant uh, next month and then have a companion piece that talks about um, the reclaimed water system uh, mm -hmm. and you know its association with the treatment plant. Um, so that that was what I was proposing for the sustainability committee next month, but uh, we will confirm. That. Thank you. Thank you. So can we uh, there update any uh, public comments on this item, please? There is no public comment. Okay. Thank you. Uh, next thing on the agenda, please. Item number six, discussion of future agenda items by directors. Okay, so 
for the ITC, and um, again, uh, thank you, Director Beck. We have the teamer, and I, it, it's going to be any policy document or whatever, because decisions have been made now that we accumulate at the end of the year. So we hope any document uh, that policies people once we you can pass them on to us so that we can be digesting this all this information to note when we are going to be calling uh, Tima back. Also on the agenda uh, from the last uh, title board meeting, uh, issues related to housing uh, that uh, Commissioner Shen would like to have when we would like to at least in the, ne in the next ITC meeting uh, to find a way to include uh, pertinent information on the, you know, uh, on, on the agenda. Of course, including um, the you know, report. Any infrastructure related, um, we'd still like to discuss that um, on this committee. And again, as it relates to what tighter is going to be accepting when and what condition and contractor and all those other stuff is is pertinent to this you know committee so i like to um put those items if there are any other things i'm sure you would um you know let us know and of course ongoing our utilities especially assisting our conditions so that's all i have you know for now and yeah I, i'm i'm expecting uh regular items both at committee and full board on on housing and um toll policies uh um potential early um uh, uh transit services so we'll be having a number of items um uh over the remainder of this year uh both at committee and full board but we'll, and we'll commissioner keep uh, i see your hand commissioner Parchinick. thank you director and Thank you, Bob. I'm looking forward to the, I think that the continuity too from all these pieces, and I appreciate you bringing that to all the different committees. I, I would just want to reiterate the fact that we have these, some action items from this that we could have on a table, um, in the table of the action item for the, the PUC and the roles responsibilities with, the handover, and then, I, I'd like to put a placeholder for, getting an update on the on the electric vehicle and electric ferry infrastructure. Like what is, you know, what is planned for the, the sustainability? Well, I get that's more the committee, but I'm, I want to know the infrastructure for the, the, the housing, the ferries, the transportation, kind of what, what is happening for addressing some of the, the clean energy mandates that are required. Okay. Thanks. Okay. That's great, thank you. And um, and any other suggestions, uh, you know, let us know. I always uh, check with um, Commissioner Shen on a lot of issues so that we are all on the same page. And I do also call on Director Bob Beck, and I must say, it's always making himself you know, available, uh, which is very great. And, and this is a very important, uh, you know, for commissioners to, uh, that kind of engagement, a lot of the questions sometimes are answered um, through those kind of discussions. So if there's none other thing on the agenda, and so this has been a wonderful meeting, and I want to thank all of you, uh, Commissioners uh, Shen, Parshnik, and uh, Director Beck and Kay, and to everyone that is watching, 
or maybe watching uh, later on and for SF God. And so this concludes the uh, today's meeting for the Treasure Island uh, Infrastructure and Transportation Committee. I'll see you next time. Thank you all.